0: You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to go over a little bit more from that Tampa Bay Buccaneer Dallas Cowboy game from Monday night. We're going to look ahead to the matchups this weekend in the divisional round. And I've got some news and notes for you regarding all those games. And we will get to that momentarily. So, with the Dallas Cowboy-Tampa Bay game in the books, and a lot of talk since the game, I guess the first thing we can talk about is the kicker, Brent Maher, of the Dallas Cowboys. Yesterday, you heard me say, look, I don't know what they're going to do. If I were them, I'd at least bring in another kicker, but then you're literally putting in a kicker who hasn't kicked all year, (laughs) and... Unless you got somebody who was on a team earlier in the season and was released and you put him in, but then he hasn't kicked for a while and you're throwing him into a divisional game, you might need a big kick. And, you know, what do you do? If that guy misses, the fan base will be like, yeah, the guy's put in a pressure situation. He hasn't been kicking all year. And then, you know, the option to keep Maher, which the Dallas Cowboys have decided to do. Now, like I said, Brett Maher has been good. He kicked two 60-yard field goals in one game this year against Minnesota. And he is the leader in most 60-yard field goals kicked in a career. No one's got more than him. This year, he was 29 of 32 on field goals, and he was 50 of 53 on extra points before Monday night. So is it just chalk it up to one bad game, It got in his head. He's got a week to work the kinks out. And I guess that's what the Cowboys are going with. I'm not, they don't pay me enough to make these decisions. But all I hope is, I don't care who wins the Niner-Cowboy game. I really don't. All I care about is I don't want to see Brett Maher with a chance to win the game and blow it. I just don't want to see that happen. If the Cowboys want to lose, then lose to where Brett Maher isn't the reason you lose. Because you'll feel awful for that guy. And I guess the best part is, if they're going to win, wouldn't it be nice if he got some sort of redemption and kicked the game-winning field goal? Because then no one will care about the four missed extra points against Tampa Bay. So, we talked about that game, and I talked about the Dallas Cowboys' just misery in the playoffs since their last Super Bowl victory 26 years ago. And it's still all there. You know, this is a team that has not won two playoff games in a postseason since their last Super Bowl victory when they beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl in the 95 96 season. So, they have to, they have that lingering over their head. They got over the hump of, hey, Tom Brady was 7-0 and against us. Hey, we hadn't won a road playoff game since 1993. So they cleared those two hurdles. Does it mean they're going to clear this other hurdle where they can actually win two games in one postseason? And if they win two games in one postseason, that knocks another one off their list. They are one of only two teams in the NFC that have not even been to an NFC championship game in the last 27 years. Them and the Detroit Lions are the only two that haven't even been to an NFC Championship game. So if they beat the Niners, obviously they're in the NFC Championship game. An outside chance they host it if the Giants upset the Eagles. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. We don't know yet. Could they beat the Niners? Of course they could. Will they? Different story. If they play the way they did on Monday night, absolutely. And there are some things that certainly help the Dallas Cowboys, if you want to say resume, heading into this game. It really is something that I think a lot of people, look, the Niners are studs. The Niners have 111 in a row. The Niners have a rookie quarterback that's not even playing anywhere close to what a rookie should be playing like in his first year in the league. But here's something you got to remember about the Niners they have the 30th-ranked strength of schedule in the NFL. And look, I understand. You can only beat the teams that are put in front of you. What I'm saying is, during this 11-game streak, the Niners have beaten the likes of the Rams and Arizona twice and New Orleans and Washington and Las Vegas, all teams that didn't even make the playoffs. So just... Keep that in mind. I'm not saying, like, oh, this means I'm going to be leaning towards the Cowboys to win. Because when the Cowboys played good teams this year, they lost. So (laughs) I'm just saying that this isn't going to be a, I don't think, a wipeout like most people think. I think this is going to be a good game into the fourth quarter. I think the Cowboys can at least keep this close. And then you get to the fourth quarter in a close game. It's just impossible to predict what's going to happen. I mean, we already talked about it's impossible to predict what's going to happen during a game that you're watching. We could be into the second quarter, and the Niners could be up by 17 points, and that doesn't mean anything because we've seen how many comebacks can happen just even in this season's playoffs. So if you're the Cowboys, you got to keep it close. Brock Purdy has played out of his mind. Maybe you can do something to disrupt the rhythm that he's in. This is a team that is better than them on paper, but they can be beat. Two weeks ago, the San Francisco 49ers gave up 34 points to Jarrett Stidham and the Raiders. You know? Their defense hasn't played an offense. I mean, look at this 11-game winning streak. Who's an offense that compares to the Dallas Cowboys in this 11-game winning streak? Because the Cowboys... Are one of the top offenses in the league, whether or not you want to believe it or not. The Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals twice, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Vegas, and Miami. So I don't think the Niners have seen an offense like the Cowboys. However, the Cowboys offense sometimes can be very predictable. Kellen Moore is either calling the greatest game ever, and he's really mixing things up, or sometimes he is just the most predictable offensive coordinator in the league. And he's just like you never know what you're going to get. It's like Forrest Gump. It's like a box of chocolates. This Dallas Cowboy offense—you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes they look like world beaters, and then in the last game of the season when they play all their starters, they lose twenty-six to six, and they look terrible to the Commanders. You know, so it's just. You just never know. That's why it's literally impossible to say you know the Cowboys are going to win or you know the Niners are going to win Sunday because the Cowboys could absolutely come out and play a great game. They could play a great game and lose by three at the, you know, lose on a field goal at the last second. They could play great and win by a field goal in the last second. I just... They are so hard to predict because you just never know what you're going to get. Dak's game on Monday came out of nowhere. The guy had eight straight games throwing an interception. And he's on the road in a playoff game where the Cowboys haven't won a road playoff game in 30 years. And he played out of his mind. He threw for over 300 yards. He accounted for five touchdowns and didn't throw an interception. Did anybody see that coming? And if you did, you're lying because why would you say somebody who had thrown an interception in eight games in a row and thrown a pick six in three of his last four was going to go on the road and play lights out? Your question mark going into Monday night was, man, I don't know about Dak. He's struggling right now. And the guy just played the best game of his career, arguably. So Dallas, San Francisco, going to be a great game on Sunday. Really looking forward to that one. You should all be uh, too as well. You know, one of the other things about this past weekend's games, all six of them, and then even in this upcoming weekend, this past weekend, all six games were rematches of games that had been played earlier this season. You had a couple divisional teams matching up against each other, which played each other twice, but the other ones were all teams that had played earlier in the year. Chargers-Jacksonville. You had um, Giants-Minnesota and I'm forgetting the other one off the top of my head, but all six were rematches from earlier in the season. This weekend, we've got three of the four games being rematches, and one of them being a rematch of last year's wild card game. So the first game on Saturday, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas City played Jacksonville earlier this year in Kansas City and beat them 27-17. You have Philly and the Giants, the second game on Saturday night. Obviously, divisional opponents, they played each other twice. Philly beat them 48-22 in New York, and then in the last game of the season in Philly beat them 22-16. Buffalo-Cincinnati, they played this year. That was the DeMar Hamlin game. So they played, but they only played a quarter. However, it's still a rematch. They still prepared for them for that week. The only game that's not a rematch of a game this year is Dallas-San Francisco, but as I said, that's a rematch of last year's wildcard game, where the 49ers beat them in Dallas 23-17. So we're going to have 10 playoff games, and basically everything is teams that are very familiar with each other. Another reason why I see these games just, i it's hard to see blowouts. These teams are familiar. They're not just running into somebody they have no clue about or they're not used to. Um, could there be a blowout? Sure, but I think we're going to have really good games again this weekend. At least I hope so but looking forward to the weekend's games because, I mean, we're one one week away from Championship Sunday, which is uh, one of the best days of football out there. And, uh, you know, I went over the quarterback thing yesterday with the AFC quarterbacks versus the NFC quarterbacks, and, yeah, somebody in the batch of Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Brock Purdy is going to the Super Bowl this year. Now, if you just look at longevity – Dak is the most seasoned veteran in that group. He's been in the league the longest out of those four quarterbacks. Hertz has only been in the league three years. Purdy's a rookie. And Daniel Jones is in year five. I believe Dak is in year seven or eight. I always forget if he's seventh year or eight here. But so if you take the seasoned quarterback, that's Dallas. You take the team that's playing the best, that's the Niners. You take the team that's the number one seed and played the, had the best record in the regular season, That's the Eagles. You play a team that might have lady luck on their shoulders? That's probably the Giants. So you can literally make a case for all four. And none of these four getting to the Super Bowl would honestly surprise me. The Giants have the lowest odds. But I saw Eli Manning win three road playoff games and get to the playoff, get to the Super Bowl and beat an 18-0 team. Not saying that this Giant team is similar to that team, but Nobody gave them a chance in round one, in the wild card round. Nobody gave them a chance in the divisional round. And certainly, if you remember correctly, nobody gave them a chance in the NFC Championship because they were playing in Green Bay when I believe that was like one of the coldest games in the history of the NFL. It was like minus 10 that game or something ridiculous. And Brett Favre, um, or I'm, I'm sorry, um, that was Favre, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was one of Favre's last years. You know, he never... He never loses in the cold. Well, he did. And he threw an inter- a key interception at the end of that game that gave the Giants the victory. So, anything's possible. Just keep that in mind as we head into this weekend, and we'll talk more as the week goes on about those games. When you talk about the Philly and Giants game on Saturday night, remember, that is a divisional matchup, which means they played each other twice already this year, and Philly beat them twice Remember the stat I gave you last week when everyone, there's this myth going on that it's really hard to beat a team three times in one season, and that's why it's a myth because before this past weekend's games, remember I told you, 22 times, the last 22 times a team beat somebody twice in the regular season and had to play them in the playoffs, they were 14-8 and in that third game. Well, San Francisco beat Seattle again this weekend, so now the last 23 times it's happened – 15 times the team that won both games in the regular season also won the playoff game. So we're almost at two thirds of the time. It actually works in the team's favor that won the two games in the regular season. And we're looking at it again with giants and Philly this weekend. So keep that in mind. Don't make it seem like, Oh, it's going to be really hard for Philly to beat the giants three times in one year. I just read to the stat. It doesn't necessarily mean that, but the playoffs are just kind of wacky and wild this year. Did you know this is the first time since 2009 that Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers did not win a playoff game? 14 years that none of these guys, either of them, won a playoff game. That's the changing of the guard that we're getting in the NFL right now. NFC is kind of more of the wild, wild west, whereas the AFC, I've gone over that quarterback thing where it's literally just like it's going to be rotating to see Who gets, you know, to the Super Bowl every year between those main quarterbacks of Burrow and Lawrence and Mahomes and Allen. We just never know. Now, Patrick Mahomes has a chance to make his fifth consecutive AFC championship. Five in a row. Since he became a starter in the Kansas City Chiefs organization, he has never known anything but getting to the AFC championship. They beat Jacksonville. They're in the AFC Championship. If Buffalo beats Cincinnati, that AFC Championship game is getting played in Atlanta because of the DeMar Hamlin game because that game affected a possibility that Buffalo could have come out with the one seed. So they're not going to reward Kansas City for that. And they're not just going to give Buffalo a home game. They're playing it in Atlanta. If Cincinnati beats Buffalo and Kansas City beats Jacksonville, the game is in Kansas City. But something I found interesting You know, that Cincinnati-Buffalo game that was canceled because of the DeMar Hamlin injury, if Cincinnati would have won that game and everything played out like it did the last weekend of the season, Cincinnati beat Baltimore and Buffalo won their game against New England, Cincinnati would have been the two-seed and gotten that Buffalo home game. So that's why it is kind of weird to me. You know, I don't think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to sit here and bitch because of the DeMar Hamlin injury and yes we know he seems to be fine now but at the time we didn't know this if we knew what we if we knew then what we know now then yeah you could probably say man the NFL really screwed that one up but i understand why the NFL decided to make a possible Kansas City Buffalo Bill AFC championship game in Atlanta put it at a neutral site because buffalo couldn't play that game against Cincinnati and they only had 16 games but wouldn't the same thing be true for Cincinnati? Because if Cincinnati would have won that game, they would have been the two seed, and Buffalo would have been the three, and this game this weekend, this Sunday afternoon game, would have been in Cincinnati. So I guess my only question is, why wasn't when they said this is poss- these are the possibilities for this weekend, unless I'm missing something, I know for a fact if Cincinnati would have won that game against Buffalo that DeMar Hamlin got hurt, and they both won their Week 18 games like they did, Cincinnati and Buffalo finished with the same record, but Cincinnati wins the tiebreaker because they beat them head-to-head. So I'm wondering now, when the NFL was making their lists of things that could possibly happen and where games could possibly be played, why wasn't one of them, hey, if Cincinnati and Buffalo happened to meet at some point in the playoffs, that game should be at a neutral field. Because, frankly, Buffalo, they benefited by having that game canceled. Cincinnati didn't. Why isn't the Cincinnati-Buffalo game being played on a neutral field right now? We don't know what would have happened. If Buffalo would have won, yeah, they would have been the two seed, and everything would have played out like it is right now, and Buffalo hosts on Sunday. But it never got played, and both teams finished With only 16 games played, Buffalo played one. Buffalo had a a one game better record. They were um, 13 and three, and Cincinnati was 12 and four. But if that game gets played and Cincinnati wins, Buffalo could have been 13 and four, and Cincinnati could have been 13 and four, and Cincinnati would have hosted the game. So all I'm saying is, why is this game not being played at a neutral field? Why wasn't that ever considered? Hey, if Buffalo and Cincinnati meet up, considering that was a huge game for home field advantage in the game that Demar got hurt. We have to throw this possibility in there of, hey, let's go to a possible neutral location. But I guess people that make more money than I do and have a better grasp on things um, know why it's already out there that it's not being played in a neutral field and it is being played in Buffalo. And I think Cincinnati can use that as a motivating factor. Cincinnati can certainly win on the road. They did it last year twice in the playoffs. They won in Tennessee, and then they won in Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl. So winning in Buffalo would not be some ordeal. Hell, the Miami Dolphins almost won in Buffalo with a third-string quarterback last weekend. So don't tell me that, oh, my God, it's unfair. It's not unfair. I'm just kind of not understanding why this wasn't given a possibility is all I'm really saying. So we will see what happens uh, with that game. And then the other one. Jacksonville, Kansas City, as I said, 27 17 earlier in the season. Kansas City won. They were one of these games where they jumped out early, and I believe they had three turnovers. Like, it actually could have been worse. But what happens earlier in the season? It, you know, like I said, you go to the playoffs, everybody starts a new slate. It's 0 0. It doesn't matter what happened in that game because what if Kansas City comes out and they fumble on their first possession and Jacksonville, you know. Capitalizes and goes up 7 nothing, And, then, you know, you just, there's so many different things that can happen. Now, the 27 17 game back in whenever it was, October, doesn't matter come Saturday. But there is something that I read in regards to Doug Peterson that people might want to, I don't know, keep an eye on. <laughs> uh, Doug Peterson, the last five times he's been an underdog in the playoffs, has won the game outright. And Doug Peterson. And Andy Reid have quite the history. Doug Peterson played under Andy Reid as an Eagle. He coached under Andy Reid. You know? I mean, they know each other very, very well. So this isn't... I'm not saying he's got some inside information. It all comes down to the players on the field and if you execute on the day that the game is played. But Doug Peterson has been very good in this role of an underdog. And... When the, Philly Eagle, when the Eagles made their run to the Super Bowl a few years ago, nobody gave them a chance. I know I didn't. I remember specifically I was um, kind of making fun of uh, Ashley Spivey's husband, Steve, because he's such an Eagles supporter. And I was just like, man, I get that you're a fan, but you're not winning this week. And then they would win. I'd be like, but you're not winning this game. And then they won again. And then I'm like, but you're not going to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then they won again. You know, so, uh, you know, I know that. It's possible that these teams can win. And Doug Peterson, while the Jacksonville Jaguars, you don't think that they can be any good. And, oh, my gosh, the big bad Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and they're at home, they're not invincible. We saw that last season in the divisional game and in the AFC Championship. Like, I think this is a Kansas City team that can be beat. Got beat by Buffalo at home earlier this season. They should have lost in the divisional game to Buffalo last year. They did lose at home to the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship. So their last two home playoff games, definitely beatable. Is Jacksonville as good as those two teams? Probably not. But you just got to be good on that day. So don't count the Jaguars out. And Doug Peterson... Keep that stat in mind for anybody maybe interested in gambling on the game. The last five times Doug Peterson's been an underdog in the playoffs. He's not only won, He's not only covered the game spread wise. He's won the game outright. So keep that in mind. There's some playoff talk for you tomorrow. We'll have more playoff talk and some other things going on in the world of sports. Thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe and review in Apple podcasts. Much appreciated because this is, podcast is brand new we're only two and a half weeks in want to get as many ratings out there want to get as many reviews out there build this thing up and keep it going so appreciate you all listening appreciate the feedback and remember sports will always be the greatest reality show on television see ya